0: First, to developments in the United States this week, which just might be a portent uh, towards the future uh, 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 difficulties facing Donald Trump. After a period of waiting, it now feels as though the indictments of former US President uh, Donald Trump relating to alleged interference in the results of the 2020 US presidential election are coming in thick and fast, The most recent case against the former president was handed down in Fulton County, Georgia this week and it charges that Trump, alongside 18 co-conspirators, with 41 counts related to alleged attempts to overturn Joe Biden's election victory in that state. The almost 100-page indictment handed down by the county's district attorney, Funny Wells, lays out a sprawling conspiracy that hinges on state racketeering laws. Now, while the focus will undoubtedly be on the legal arguments, another issue likely to come to the fore is race, because many of the central figures African and American. And that at least is the theory offered by Richard L. Hayson, who's Professor of Law at UCLA and the Director of the Safeguarding Democracy Project, who's been writing quite a lot on this. Thank you for joining me. Great to be with you. Uh, like your central article in uh, Slate recently was this role that race will play, which you say sort of separates it out from the other tsunami of, of cases uh, for Donald Trump. Now, can you develop your thoughts as to why that why, why, why that might matter so
1: much? Well, I contrast the Georgia lawsuit with the one that was filed on the federal level. The federal case... Uh, that was filed about a month ago uh, also focuses on the attempt to manipulate the outcome of the 2020 election. Uh, but it is a much sparser complaint. It is much more pinpointed in the kinds of facts that it gives, as well as uh, in the number of claims, as well as the number of the defendants. It seems engineered to just make sh- make sure or, or try to ensure that Donald Trump could be put on trial for those charges before the 2024 elections. right? This Georgia indictment is sprawling. 19 different defendants, 41 charges. Um, But when you read the whole thing, it tells a narrative of what Donald Trump did in Georgia. And and much of what he did in Georgia was a kind of race baiting. Uh, So it tells the story in this uh, long indictment of uh, among other things, of Ruby Freeman, who was, uh, along with her daughter, an election worker in Fulton County, Georgia, where Atlanta is, large African American population, and it talks about how Trump, his lawyer Rudy Giuliani, and others tried to paint uh, Freeman and her daughter as at the center of some attempt to manipulate the vote count in Fulton County, and uh, you know, Trump called her a scammer. Uh, he said that she had given 18,000 votes to Joe Biden, and and Biden only won the state by under 12,000 votes. Uh, and uh, this woman, Ruby Freeman, uh, who testified before a, a special House of Representatives committee uh, uh, on the January 6th insurrection, talked about how she has faced harassment and threats of violence ever since. I mean, the the story that's told here is told by Fannie Willis, the African, African-American Uh, uh, Fulton County District Attorney, about these women in a state that has a large minority, in a county, I should say, has a large minority population that helped to put Joe Biden over the top. So race really infuses Mm. everything about this case in a way that the federal case does, does not.
0: And I think that you also feel that he has a record of being especially hostile towards black women, uh, and that it'll be interesting to see
1: how he plays this. Yes, right. So he's made, he makes disparaging remarks about all of his political enemies, but he seems to have some of the the most vitriolic comments against uh, Kamala Harris, the uh, Vice President of the United States, against uh, Letitia James, who's the Attorney General of New York, who's brought a number of Uh, civil charges against him and his company um, and against the judge who's now hearing the federal case in Washington, D.C. about the election subversion and now against his district attorney. Uh, But you put it against the pattern. It's not just about these black women. It's when he was talking about voter fraud uh, and irregularities during the 2020 election and earlier during the 2016 election, he singled out cities with large black populations, Detroit, Atlanta, Philadelphia, uh, uh, Milwaukee. He said that you know these were the sites of fraud and he asked for his mainly white rural supporters to go to these places and look for such fraud. And so it was you know it's race baiting up and down the line.
0: And of course, it would seem, looking on from a distance, to be such an own goal because it clearly uh, galvanised the black populations in America to come out and vote. And uh, this time around, in the the next um, big count, uh, it wasn't entirely clear whether a lot of black people would turn out for, say, Joe Biden the second time around. Surely this is actually going to
1: sool them on. Well, you know, it's hard to know what's going to what things are going to look like a year and a half from now when we actually have voting. And Biden has, in some ways, disappointed some of his black supporters. Mm. Uh, And, you know, so, you know, what drives turnout and whether it's enough uh, is a really hard question. When you think about the fact that Joe Biden, uh, you know, won in the Electoral College in the United States, you know, voting by state. But if you look at the numbers of votes. Uh, It was uh, under 12,000 votes in Georgia. It was under 14,000 votes in Arizona. It really doesn't take much uh, if we have a rematch, uh, you know, of uh, African-American voters choosing to sit out, to to see the balance change. It's way too early to say, but uh, you're right that these comments likely will uh, you know, uh, upset many black voters, but that doesn't mean they'll necessarily turn out to vote for Joe Biden unless mm-hmm. he gives them a reason to vote. It is important to point out, I think,
0: uh, Richard, that there is also an African-American woman and a uh, a man, Harrison Floyd, named as one of the 19 people indicted in this sw- sprawling case that you describe. Um, uh, Trevian Cootie, I think, a former celebrity stylist and publicist for the rapper Kanye West. Uh, so what's the- the her
1: alleged involvement in this conspiracy? So I mentioned a little earlier Ruby Freeman, the election worker. So um, there was an attempt to try to convince Freeman to essentially lie and say that she did manipulate the election results. And uh, Judy, the person who uh, worked for Kanye West, went in as a crisis counselor. Uh, the, the complaint says that Uh, it was misleading and it it was made as though it was an attempt to help Freeman with her problems. But in fact, it was motivated to provide some basis for claiming that there was fraud in how the Georgia election was conducted to thereby start down a path of trying to reverse the election results in that state. It's a plan that didn't work, Mm. um, but it showed the kind of full court press to really, because the margin was so thin, if you could find some problem that could give an excuse for politicians to try to reverse the election outcome. That's really what they were looking for. And, and the, the Freeman uh, gambit was, was their best hope.
0: My goodness. Uh, Could you, maybe we should just um, quickly uh, cover those, the racketeering cases, because I didn't quite understand how, how, how does this law work and why were they charged in that, in that particular
1: respect? So, for a number of decades, beginning on the on the federal level, but also on the state level, there are laws that say that when a group of people engages in a pattern of criminal conduct, uh, you can kind of tie them all together and tell a story so that they're they're all acting in concert and they're all responsible for each other's conduct. Uh, it was uh, originally uh, a method to go after an organized crime boss who might insulate himself from the specific decisions that were made by underlings. But you kind of wrap it up as a conspiracy uh, and you can hold people responsible for everything that the co-conspirators have done. Ironically, Rudy Giuliani, one of Trump's lawyers, was one of the uh, top people who, who put this into play. <laughs> and 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 this was really... Uh, so. So the idea here is uh, that the complaint tells the story of all the different moving parts where Trump tried to turn himself from an election loser into an election winner through fake electors, through this uh, these claims of fraud, through trying to manipulate the United States Department of Justice. And all of it was a vast criminal conspiracy involving all 19 of these defendants. Uh, it's going to be a very complex case. Not clear to me that it's going to be tried before the 2024 election happens. But it's going to be hard Uh, uh, you know, to to for each of these defendants, if they're part of this broad conspiracy to defend themselves, because there is a lot of evidence of this vast organizational effort to turn Trump into an election winner. Just quickly,
0: could you tell us a bit more about this Fani Willis? She sounds fascinating, the Fulton County District Attorney who'll
1: be prosecuting the case. Well, she's elected to office. Uh, she's, uh, you know, elected by uh, people of Fulton County, which has a large black population. So she represents the people of that county. She, one of her the first things she did was bring one of these racketeering cases against a the public school, a number of people who were involved in the public school system, uh, who were alleged to have uh, manipulated standardized test scores in order to sh- inflate The performance of their students. Uh, She's been pretty fearless. She says she wants to bring this to trial in six months. I can't imagine that's going to happen, but she's obviously moving forward with uh, great um, determination. You've also made the point in a separate article in the
0: LA Times that the state indictments are just as, if not more important than the federal ones brought by Special Counsel Jack Smith, and that they're crucial to protecting American democracy. Why are they more than just a sideshow to the federal cases?
1: Well, one point is that if Donald Trump becomes president again and he tries to pardon himself uh, for his crimes, which is an uncertain possibility, he has no power to pardon himself for state crimes. Uh, So those crimes would, would still go forward. He can't shut down the investigation because he has no... Uh, power over local district attorneys and states. And uh, if we're going to have our decentralized election system in the United States, we really need to have every state stand up when someone tries to manipulate election results in their state. We can't depend on the federal government to do that on its own.
0: Mm Look, thank you very much, much indeed. And I'm also aware that it looks as though uh, Donald Trump says he won't turn up for the beginning of the uh, Republican uh, debates, which I think is a very interesting decision by him. He's going to do a separate interview with uh, Tucker Carlson, it would appear. So you never know, Richard Hasten. things might be just shifting.
1: It's way too early to know anything right now. (laughs) Okay. Thank you very much for joining me. My pleasure. Richard
0: Hayson, Professor of Law at UCLA and the Director of the Safeguarding Democracy Project. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.